0: Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of The Accidental Curator. My name is George Bathgate, and I am coming to you from Kitsilino in Vancouver today. Yeah, I've just uh, moved my equipment from Main Island, uh, where I did my last podcast, and I've moved it to my little home office in Kits, and it's a uh, sort of a semi-sunny uh, March 23rd, 2023 today. So, um I'm just looking out the window, watching a little black squirrel eating some of the bird seeds that I put out. But as far as I'm concerned, it's food for all. They're all just little neighborhood critters that need to eat. Um, and it's a little windy today, so you might hear some of the uh, outdoor chimes chiming in the background. And I think I hear a little bit of construction going on in the distance. So these might be the uh, the tapestry of sounds that come along with uh, today's podcast. Um, And I just realized it's been a couple of months since I did my last uh, podcast, which was uh, uh, The Bluthner, episode 14. And just been really busy. There's just all kinds of stuff. You know, all of us have busy lives, it seems, these days. Um, We create these little structures of busyness for ourselves. And mine involves, I'm trying to uh, put together a book of short stories, which will be you know, some of the, uh, podcasts that you may have listened to if you're a regular and, um, other stories that I've written. Uh, yeah, I just, I enjoy story writing. So I, I do these, um, little stories from, it's a personal narrative. So I was having this discussion with a friend yesterday, Jack, who was saying, you know, I'm calling it a book of short stories. He says, no, those are memoirs, but I did happen, you know, that made me curious. So of course I had to ask Mr. Google. And, uh, I saw a definition that says a memoir is a nonfiction narrative that tells your own story. So they are stories. Uh, at least I'm going to stick with that title and not call them 12 short memoirs. Um, anyway, I hope you're all well. Uh, as I say, it's been a couple of months since I've done a podcast and, uh, I have to compensate. I've got two little stories for you today. Um, the first is a short work by visual artist, author, and poet, Joseph Sinkun Lo, called The Astrologer. Um, I met Joseph and his partner, Esne, at my gallery on Main last year, and we, we've become good friends over many coffees and conversations. And woven into Joseph's creative and spiritual journey has been an eight-year struggle with Parkinson's since his diagnosis in 2015. And undaunted by this, he wrote a novel called Ping-Pong Parkinson's and the Art of Staying in the Game by Silverbow Publishing in 2017, and has also had a respective uh, exhibition of his art in 2018. I'm hoping to have a show of Joseph's artwork sometime this summer at Shavasna Gallery, and details of which I hope to announce in the next short while. So, let me... Um, <laughs> move right along and read you Joseph's story today. It's uh, called The Astrologer. 1999, Vancouver. I was a poor, struggling artist, drawn to mysticism. By chance, I was asked to speak in a New Age conference in Montreal. Being the new kid in town, only a handful of people came to my presentation, titled Ancient Mystery School from China. Most of the speakers seemed to know each other and had chosen to go downtown together. Around eight o'clock, I found myself standing alone in the quiet hotel dining room. After my eyes got used to the dim lighting, I saw Ilo Khan, the famous astrologer sitting by himself waving his arm for me to join him. I was glad, not having to eat alone, and yet I had to admit I was intimidated and intrigued by his this stranger with piercing eyes. We could be friends, he said. Elo made a sweeping gesture with his right hand. Ignorant people are followers. I am a regular speaker on the circuit. I'm bored and tired of inferior minds pretending to be geniuses, All they do is reproduce derivatives of other people's material. But you, my young friend, you're different. You said certain things I'd not heard of before. Tell me, where did the knowledge you shared today come from? Some obscure ancient text? Do you have a master, a teacher? Uh, It's a long story. You want to know? Elo laughed. Look around. Nothing else is happening. How did you come to speak at this conference my heart suddenly was beating faster where do i start with an amused expression elo said quietly the beginning of course although i was young inexperienced lacking confidence i was flattered by the attention elo poured us another glass of wine yesterday was nothing tomorrow was everything he said elo had many questions i had some of the answers Every conversation took us deeper into the mystery of the night. I was the evolving part of a dream. Elo's parting words stayed with me forever. My young friend, you just have had a direct experience. Direct experience opens up new worlds. I envy you. We were both drunk, not just from the wine. At the elevator, Elo grabbed my shoulder and said, My thirty books meant nothing. The books you write, will be something i answered you made a mistake i'm a painter not a writer all right well that concludes joseph lowe's short story the astrologer thanks for listening and joseph thank you for letting me read your story that was fun I would also highly recommend his book, Ping Pong Parkinson's. Uh, I mean, honestly, it was a truly hard to put down novel about Joseph's journey. And uh, I understand that he also has a book of poetry called A Journey to Kemet Kara by Alpha Glyph Press uh, in 2013. And incidentally, uh, Joseph was also recently featured on Main Island Television, where he read three of his poems inspired by kuan yin who was a female bodhisattva associated with compassion okay so now i'm going to read to you a story or memoir if you so choose that i wrote several years ago called transient epileptic amnesia it's difficult to say with any certainty exactly when I developed transient epileptic amnesia. My feeling is that it began with my decision to quit drinking, cold turkey, after a particularly excessive and toxic stag party in Vegas in 2010. Three days later, back in Vancouver, I was getting out of bed and suffered my first seizure, which resulted in my collapsing in the hallway and breaking my right ankle. This was labeled an alcohol withdrawal syndrome seizure by the emergency room doctor as he was tending to my first broken foot. Who knew that you shouldn't quit drinking suddenly and that it was better to wean oneself gradually off the booze. In fact, I was trying to detoxify so I could drive to Burning Man festival the following week. The ER doctor's explanation made complete sense It was viewed as a one-off, and I vowed to never quit drinking again. All kidding aside, though, I was almost grateful that this event—seizure, collapse, broken foot, crutches, and a boot—had arrived, like a significant enough message for me to finally quit drinking forever. Thank God, I thought, here's the wake-up call that I need to genuinely tackle my drinking problem once and for all. I lasted six months before I was back at it, hammer and tongs. Fast forward to May 12th, a full month after I had joined the AA program and finally gained my sobriety. I awoke disoriented one day, but attached no per- particular significance to this. I was experiencing a brief difficulty with short term memory and was peppering my partner with questions about what had transpired the week prior and what was coming up. Other than a little generalized confusion, my thought was that this was just my brain adjusting to life without alcohol. I wasn't hung over and this was unusual. After a half an hour of this, I shrugged it off as inconsequential, a result of quitting drinking. All good, I thought. A month later, it happened again. The symptoms were similar but this time it lasted a bit longer. Long enough for me to get dressed, leave the house and go and grab a coffee. The world appeared slightly changed and both the visuals and the smells were different. I felt like I was a little high. It was slightly hallucinatory but this too dissipated with time and I chalked it up to further evidence of my post-alcoholic healing. Although I wasn't overly worried, it did register as a unique experience, and my level of concern was ramped up to level six. The following month, roughly four weeks after this disorientation, I awoke, got out of bed, got dressed, made it to the kitchen, and collapsed on the floor. Nothing was broken, and I did manage to get up quite quickly, This did, however, set off alarm bells for myself and my partner, Kathy, and it was decided that another trip to the ER was in order. What ensued was an impressive journey through the Canadian medical system. Over the next while, I was assigned a neurologist, Dr. Spacey, and I I kid you not, that is her name. I underwent a battery of tests, ECGs, EEGs, MRIs, scans, blood work, and conversations with various specialists. I was truly impressed with our medical system and how thorough and attentive it could be. I felt quite adequately prodded and poked. Despite all of this, my neurologist wasn't able to come up with a conclusive diagnosis, so I was forwarded to an epileptologist a Dr. Harazdil. While all of this medical attention and analysis was going on, I continued to have these episodes once a month, like clockwork, from May through to December of 2012. But I didn't suffer another collapse until my final seizure in late December. Throughout this eight-month period of sobriety and seizures, I was more curious than concerned. I had faith in my specialists and was able to witness my episodes more as an observer than a patient. Overall, I found the experiences interesting. In December, I was to see my epileptologist for the last time. Dr. Harazdil was eight and a half months pregnant and getting ready for maternity leave and motherhood. Despite all the tests, she was uncertain as to the nature of my malady. She had spoken with her supervisor, and he was aware of a rare condition called transient epileptic amnesia, which apparently fewer than a 100 people have been diagnosed with this condition worldwide. And this seemed to fit my list of symptoms, but they weren't prepared to commit to a diagnosis or prescribe anything as a remedy just yet. The idea was to keep an eye on it and see how things played out. I mentioned to her my suspicion that it may have been predicated by my years of heavy drinking and the similarity to the alcohol withdrawal seizure I'd suffered in 2010. She remained opaque on this issue and would neither support nor deny it. A few weeks after this final meeting with Dr. H at the end of December, I had another seizure which resulted in a collapse, my final one as it turned out, in the exact same spot that I'd collapsed and broken my left foot in 2010. The only difference was, this time, I broke three metatarsals on my left foot. When you have seizures, collapse, and break things, the medical system fast-tracks you, and you move to the front of the queue for further specialist attention. Because my epileptologist was off having a baby, I was plunked back in front of my neurologist, Dr. Spacey, in rather short order. In early January, plastic cast, crutches, contrition and all. God bless the internet and Wikipedia. Having received the tentative diagnosis of transient epileptic amnesia from my epileptologist, I had done my homework and tracked down a bundle of info on Wikipedia, including symptoms, diagnosis, epidemiology, and treatment. And what finally convinced me that I indeed had transient epileptic amnesia was this quote from Wikipedia. The IQ of people diagnosed with transient epileptic amnesia tends to be on the high average to superior range yeah that was it i thought it wasn't the alcohol abuse it was because i was too smart i immediately curtailed all excessive intelligence and limited my smart thinking to one day a week as i sat with my neurologist in her office on that cold january morning she asked what did your epileptologist say well i replied she thought it might be a rare condition Something called transient epileptic amnesia. Really? Hmm. I've never heard of that before, replied Dr. S. Well, I said, there's a fair bit of info on Wikipedia. Huh. Okay, let me have a look, she said as she pulled out her laptop. For a few minutes, she was engrossed in reading about this new condition and then inquired... Did Dr. Harazdell prescribe anything for you? No, I replied it was just a tentative diagnosis, so no prescription was given. Well, let's see what it says on Wikipedia, she said. Diving back into her laptop for a few minutes, with a few nods, uh uh-huhs, and the occasional raised eyebrow, she finally said, Oh, Okay, carbamazepine, yeah, sure, that's a fairly well-known anti-seizure medication. I can prescribe that for you. I must admit, I was a little stunned. Diagnosis to prescription within five minutes from Wikipedia. I was torn between the relief of having my condition diagnosed with a prescribed remedy and my inherent mistrust of any information gleaned from the net. Ultimately though, my fear of breaking further limbs overcame my mistrust of diagnosis via internet and I rushed out to fill my prescription. Now as I write this little story, 10 years seizure free, I am still in awe of the implications of the Wikipedia diagnosis. With fewer than a 100 people worldwide diagnosed with this condition, the solution or cure would have been unlikely, if not impossible, in our pre-connected world. Truly, great great things ahead for remote communities with limited medical facilities. And one more hurdle overcome on my personal journey of recovery. I am grateful, one day at a time. Okay, folks. Um, thanks very much for listening today. That is episode 15 of the accidental curator. And, um, I gave you two stories today, one by Joseph Sinkun Lo, uh, the astrologer and my own piece, um, transient epileptic amnesia, two stories to compensate for the two months I've been absent from this, uh, from this podcast. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. And, um, As I mentioned in the intro, uh, I I alluded to working on a book of short stories that I'm uh, spending a lot of time on right now. I just, as I was going through the podcast, I received uh, an email, ironically, from the graphic designer who's working on the uh, cover art for the book. So in future, when the book is done, I'll probably make reference to it if you're at all interested in purchasing a copy. It will be available hopefully on Amazon Kindle because I'm doing a self-published thing. And uh, I will have some hard copies available too, but just haven't worked out the details of that. Um, anyway, I hope you're having a great day and that all days coming up for you are equally pleasant. Uh, we live in semi-troubling times, but I'm not going to talk about that today. Um, trying to keep the spirits up. I hope to come up with another podcast sooner than the next two months. Um, Although I am heading into my busy season right now as well with the gallery. Gallery starts up in April, or May for sure. Probably start opening uh, the doors more to the public in April. And um, was also dedicating some time yesterday to arranging the art shows I'm having this year. So lots on the plate. And uh, I... um, I hope you're equally engaged in things that you love to do. Anyway, all the best for now, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.